Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Corruption of Colton podcast, episode five. Do me a favor real quick and look around you at the nearest woman. Does she look so perfect, right? Oh, wait, I'm just thinking of the five seconds of summer song, aren't I? That's right. Today, we are going to be talking about the debut album by pop rock alternative band Five Seconds of Summer, their debut album from 2014. And the first track off this album happened to be titled She Looks So Perfect. So I thought my little request would be a pretty good segue, right? (laughs) My request was a joke, by the way. I'm not trying to objectify women. Please do not take that seriously. (laughs) Don't cancel me. I'm joking. I I like to mess around a little bit on the podcast, so... Uh, Let's get into the first song, She Looks So Perfect. So I actually remember this song came out when I was like 11 years old and it was all over the radio, all over the airwaves. You could not escape this song. This was one of those pop songs that you couldn't escape back in 2014. You heard it everywhere. You would hear it at the grocery store, over mall speakers, even outside, like, in outside speakers, maybe at your neighbor, like, your neighbor's house parties. You would hear it at parties you attended. You would hear it everywhere. Anywhere that anywhere that could support a speaker system, you could hear this. I remember it. And I remember it fondly, actually. When I first listened to this, I thought I was going to hate it from it being overplayed, but... I haven't had it in a few years, and it really goes to show how much getting a break from a song can really change your view on it. I really hated this song when it first came out because I heard it way too much, but it really goes to show that your opinion of something can change when you get a break from it as far as music is concerned. I mean, I don't know if, like, getting a break from a movie or a show will change your opinion of it, of a, and, like, maybe you won't see the movie as bad or whatever, but music-wise... I feel like hearing a song too much can make you hate it, and not hearing it enough can make you miss it. And that's actually one of my tips for music fans. If you really like a song, fight the urge to play it constantly, because if you hear it constantly and play it all the time, you're going to grow to fucking hate that song because you hear it way too much. Take it from me. It happened to me with some songs that I you know, couldn't enjoy for a while. But I can enjoy them again now that I've kind of played them after a few years. So I know after hearing this album, I'm not going to play this album for a bit, right? So I really liked it, I will say. The catchy chorus caught my attention, and it's just a fun song. It's a little song about how sexy and appealing a woman appears, right? The lyrics are fun. Kind of talks about, like, how well the woman looks. Maybe, like, how well her perfume smells. There are just different topics going on in this song about what can make a woman seem appealing. And it's just a good song. I really enjoyed it. I would definitely recommend it. It was a good debut single for a pop rock band. I mean, obviously, this is what a lot of pop rock bands were writing about at the time. Like, you know, in the 2010s, bands were writing about how cute women were or, you know, just about women in general. If it was about dating women or missing an ex-girlfriend, that's what all pop rock bands were doing back in 2014. I mean... Back in 2014, you had, like, One Direction and stuff going on. So, 2010s was definitely a pop rock era. And I guess you could argue that every decade was a pop rock era. I mean, the 2000s gave us, like, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC. Before that, it was pop bands like New Kids on the Block or whatever. But I'd say the 2010s was just especially fun because I remember One Direction fondly. I mean, a lot of people hated them and still hate them now and like here's a fun fact the first pop group i ever got into (laughs) some people are probably going to consider it consider it embarrassing like some people who went through this phase consider this phase of their life embarrassing but i don't is my first real band like pop band that i got into was one direction believe it or not i remember when their first album came out and the what makes you beautiful single had me hooked i remember like begging my mom to buy me that album on cd and buying the other albums when they'd come out. Sometimes I'd get them on pre-order. I remember I got like a One Direction poster as a gift from my dad once. Like, I was really invested in One Direction when it was a thing. I grew out of that phase and now I'm like a rock and metal head. But 
I do go visit, go back and visit those One Direction songs once in a while. I actually listened to one this morning, just kind of going back and getting the nostalgia feel of it. And I still listen to One Direction on occasion, but it's not as often as it used to be. I mean, One Direction used to be like my life when I was like a preteen. You know, I'd listen to their music every day, but then I got sick of it, which is why I stopped listening to it. That's what I meant by it. I got sick of One Direction eventually. It felt overplayed to me. Now that I listen to it more sparingly, it's definitely not as overplayed. And if you had a phase in life listening to a certain band, don't be ashamed of it. Embrace it. Even go back and rediscover that music. You never know the nostalgia you'll get from listening to it again, right? So that's what I have to say. And I'm sorry, I rambled a little bit about One Direction. <laughs> but um, this She Looks So Perfect was a good song. Let's move forward. Because we got 16 tracks to go over. Um, I decided to, like, Stupid Me chose the Deluxe Edition. I thought going over the Deluxe Edition would be fun. But now that I'm seeing, like, the bonus tracks, I can already tell it's going to be a long episode and I'm regretting it. But I've already committed! So this next song, Don't Stop, is about the guy from Five Seconds of Summer wanting to take this girl home and kind of he's fascinated by how she looks when she walks in the door kind of reminds me of what makes you beautiful by one direction honestly i mean you're singing about how fascinated you are with the girl when she walks in and telling her you know don't move like that's the like this the chorus is him singing like don't stop don't move and, like, he wants to dance with her and, like, because he sings about, like, dancing with her and he sings, like, um, lyrics that could be perceived as don't stop being you, which I do really appreciate that message. It's very motivating. Like, when I was listening to this song, I kind of stopped focusing on the fact that it was about a girl and we're just kind of focused on the mo motivating aspect of it. And I was like, thanks, Five Seconds of Summer. I'll remember to be myself. So <laughs> I really enjoyed this song. I think it had a fun hidden message in there because we all perceive music differently. It probably isn't a song about being yourself and more about a woman, but we all can hear music differently and perceive it differently. Even if I hear the lyrics wrong, I can still perceive a message out of what I heard incorrectly. So I like it. Let's move on. Good Girls is basically every father's dream. Um, in the verses, Five Seconds of Summer is singing about this girl who gets straight A's, she can speak a foreign language, French to be exact, and how she's just like a really good person and a good kid. Like literally in the first verse, the song literally starts off with Five Seconds of Summer singing, she's a good girl, she's daddy's favorite. So says a lot about what they were going for in this song here. Um, I actually remember this song when it came out because it was one of the promotional singles and it was all over the radio. This is probably my favorite out of the singles. I really liked She Looks So Perfect, but I just think this one's A, very catchy, and B, I just like it more because I want to be a father one day, and it makes me hopeful that one day I will have a daughter who is just like this and doesn't get herself into trouble and just does well in school and doesn't piss me off. So, but I'm guessing I am not going to get that lucky, and I'm going to get, like, one of the hardest daughters to raise. So, yay! Um, probably in, like, ten years when I'm married with a kid, my future wife's going to be, like, looking back on this podcast like, Ha! You thought you'd get an easy kid, but I only push out hard kids, bitch! <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. Two back-to-back -back hits. Damn. First we have Good Girls and now Kiss Me, Kiss Me. There were a lot of hits off this album. I mean, this is the third one. This might as well be a greatest hits album at this point. But anyways, Kiss Me, Kiss Me made me feel a lot of nostalgia for like middle school, early high school, and like my first relationship because the lyrics are like, kiss me, kiss me, tell me I'll see you again. And then there was another section in the chorus where it's like, kiss me, kiss me, I don't think I can let you go. Definitely reminds me of things that I would have said to my high school girlfriend. Like, it definitely makes me feel a lot of nostalgia. And it's definitely cheesy pop music pandering towards, like, 
middle school, high school students, and might as well be the soundtrack to your first relationship, but that's what's charming about it, is it's music that can take you down memory lane and just make you think about all that, all that sweet stuff you said to your first high school girlfriend, you know, like, definitely just gives you that vibe, it's definitely something, it's music I listened to in middle school, right, like, I definitely remember listening to this Five Seconds of Summer song when I was a preteen. You know, I had my first girlfriend in junior high, and I remember, like, you know, I think I even showed her this song and told her that I think of her when I hear it. I probably did something cheesy like that. I still do cheesy stuff like that to this day, where I'll play a song and send it to the girl I'm dating. you like, this song makes me think of you. Like, I am one cheesy motherfucker. Right? Like, I will just be the cheesiest of cheese in life. If you want a boyfriend that's cheesy with a side of meat and potatoes and lackluster, hit me up, right? Like, <laughs> I, I mean well, but I am the cheesy meat and potatoes boyfriend. I mean, I'll send you s- love songs that make me think of you. I'll probably write a love song about you since I want to have a music career. I'll probably, like, freaking take you out to dinner at a restaurant that's owned by my friend's family. It's an Italian restaurant. It's actually where a lot of my first dates were. I don't even know why I'm turning this into an episode of Dateline and promoting myself. What am I doing? (laughs) I swear, I go on the weirdest rambling tangents on this podcast. I need help. (laughs) Somebody get me a psychologist. (laughs) Okay. I hope that now that I've made everybody laugh, let's just get serious now, all right? I probably, listening to this podcast, I probably sound like some middle-aged dad trying to make everybody laugh, but failing because I'm not that funny, but I crack myself up. That's definitely the vibe of this podcast. Me trying to make you all laugh, but really only making myself laugh in the end, really. (laughs) But... Self-love and loving your own jokes and making yourself laugh is good, though. I I know I said I was going to get serious again, so before I start acting silly again, why don't we just move on to the next song? This song is cringe and, in some places, uncomfortable. Um, This song's called 18, and it sounds like it's been written by the perspective of a high school student who wishes they were 18 so they could date an older woman. Uh, now, I remember in high school, I wanted to date older girls, too, that were, like, over the age of 18 and were a little too old for me. But I was not this awkward. Oh, my God. Let me read you one of the lyrics here. And you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. What are the lyrics? I'm not joking about this, by the way. You can Google five seconds of summer, 18 lyrics, and you will see this. It says, she has a naughty tattoo in a place I want to get to, but my mom still drives me to school. Oh my God, I'm cringing reading this. You can't see my facial expression, but... Uh, so, like, yes, I remember being in high school and feeling that mood, but just hearing a song about it when you are 18 and are a grown man, it's cringe. Because I am 18 right now, but after I turned 18, I realized, which for any of my younger viewers who are under 18, when you turn 18... Nothing changes in your life, like, physically or anything like that. And nothing magical happens. You don't suddenly have control of the world around you. Things aren't just peachy. If anything, things get worse. I mean, not much changes for you. You still live with your parents because the housing market has gone to shit. So you're probably going to be living at home until you're, like, 22 because you realize how expensive this hell things are. Even renting an apartment costs, like, 2000 bucks. Um... You probably still can't afford much because even though you're 18, you might have a job, but at 18, you're probably like still a senior in high school and are awaiting graduation, so you can't even like 
you probably don't even work enough hours to be able to afford that much, and it's probably just pocket change at that job anyway, and that job's probably not worth working because you're probably just sweeping floors or something, and it's really and it's a very bad job. Like, nothing about eight, being 18 is fun. I'm sorry, nothing is. It's not magical. I mean, I guess the one thing that changes is you're allowed to vote, but so what? So you get to write, you get to write the name of somebody on a ballad that's, that you get to write your name on a ballad of somebody who's probably not going to win anyway, and your vote's probably not going to count because the, here's the way voting really works, is you write your name down, and then someone takes those ballots into the state, and someone in the state votes for you. So it's not really like you voted. Someone submits the vote for you at an office anyway. <laughs> it, it, your vote's not that special. Your vote barely counts because they only count the most popular vote anyway. They don't count the vote of every individual person. They only count the votes that the state submits and it's only the most popular vote. And they don't always submit all the votes. And if they do, they don't count them all. So really, your vote doesn't mean shit. <laughs> and... That's why I'm like, turning 18 is dumb. Not much changes at all. I remember when I turned 18, I thought it was so cool and so rad. Then I realized, still in high school, I still have to listen to my teachers. I still live under my parents' roof, so I technically still have to listen to them. Like, it's not like you get much, it's not like much changes and you get to do anything. Unless you move out, I guess, then you can make your own rules. But since most people are still living at home, still have to follow rules, you don't get to escape rules because you're 18. A lot of people think so. I thought that. And, so do, and I know a lot of people in my high school thought that too. And, like, I have some friends who are under 18 that are, like, just people I went to high school with. Like, my friends. Like, you know, people I was in classes with who happened to be, like, a year or two younger than me. They're close to turning 18 this year. And they're like, oh, I can't wait. And, I'll, and I literally said to him, I said, dude, it's not as cracked up as it is. It's not what it's cracked up to be. It's hyped up to be something big. It's really not. It sucks. Like, one of the, and, like, the changes that do happen just suck. Like, you suddenly are responsible for so much. Like, when you turn 18, if you get a job, you now have to do taxes. That's not fun. It's annoying paperwork that nobody wants to fucking do, and it's a shit process, and sometimes the government fucks you over, and you almost pay too much, and then you have to file for tax returns. It's not enjoyable. <laughs> so, that's just my, like, that's my two cents on this. Being 18, not fun. This song is cringe. Moving on. Okay, the weird, cringy, creepy vibes have been put aside, thank God, for this next song, Everything I Didn't Say, which is basically a song about how we wish we could have said something different or how we could have done something in life differently and, you know, thinking about everything we didn't say or all the words we didn't say, all the things we didn't do, etc., and I think we've all been there in life where we've always we always wish we could change something about something that we did. Personally for me, I kind of wish that I could repeat my 8th grade year all over again. I just got into a lot of trouble in 8th grade. I did a lot of bad things like I would refuse to be in classes, so I'd often like walk or run out of class and hide from teachers in like hallways and stuff or hide from the principal so that I wouldn't have to go to class. You know, I would just do a lot of immature shit that I honestly shouldn't have done and I should have taken my um, grades and school more seriously. I should have taken my education a lot more seriously than I did and I didn't and I did kind of suffer for that in eighth grade. I'm surprised I actually graduated junior high to be honest with you. I've Looking back, I should have failed. I should have. But somehow, I didn't fail. I somehow passed magically. I just had good teachers who gave me grace, I guess, because I think I would have failed looking back. 
even in my freshman year, I should have failed because even in my freshman year, I was still a little bit of an ass and I probably should have failed because I learned nothing from eighth grade at the time. It wasn't until like sophomore year that I grew up, like I grew the fuck up, learned shit and was like, if you don't shape up, you're going to fail high school and that is going to be embarrassing as fuck. So, you know, like I, I finally realized that I was an a- that I kind of realized I am an asshole, right? Figured that out, learned. I'm much prouder of the person I am today. I think I'm a much better person, much more proud of my current image. Um, and I'm glad to be happy and sitting here doing this podcast. <laughs> you know, if you have something that you wish you had done, right? definitely bring it up in the comments because I'd love to talk about it. I think we all have experiences we could all learn from from each other since we're everyone in this audience is either older or younger and we can always learn something from each other because we're in different lanes in life. And if anybody out there is a young, struggling student, remember skipping class is not the way out. It is not going to get you anywhere. And you probably won't be as lucky as I was and you will probably fail. And I don't want you to fail, all right? Like, I want success stories from all of you. I want to hear that you all passed and are successful in life at whatever career you choose, okay? And I think it's miraculous that I'm where I'm at. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. Beside You is a song I perceive as the amazing feeling of waking up beside someone that you love, which I definitely can relate to. I especially can relate to the feeling of missing waking up to somebody because you don't, appre- you don't appreciate how amazing it is to wake up next to that person until that person is gone and you are ripped of that privilege and suddenly waking up to that waking up in the morning beside that person that whole luxury is taken away and it's then that you realize that you should have you know told your told them that more you should have told your partner beside you that you appreciated just simply seeing them in the morning and i have a little story about that but First up, the song. Um, I really liked it. I liked how they perceived their, how they shared their emotions about missing that person. They kind of sing about how much they enjoy waking up next to the person, and then how they miss them being beside them, and you know, being beside them. So I, I enjoyed it. Good song. Um, I had a girlfriend for a little bit named Kate. Um, she visited me in town for a bit, like a summer or two ago. And we had just slept in the guest room at my parents' house. And she was there for about three days. And I remember each morning when I would wake up beside her, I felt like a husband. Like, I was like, is this how husband and wife feel? Like, we would wake up in the morning and just look into each other's eyes and just realize how amazing it is to have someone beside you every night, right? Like, and you, we just, I just felt safe and secure not being alone in bed and just not being alone at night in the darkness, knowing that there's someone there beside me if I have a night tear, because I actually suffer with night tears and nightmares and like sleeping issues. So like, especially for me, just having someone there felt amazing and getting stripped of that luxury I think I haven't slept well since. Like, I feel like my sleeping has only declined and gotten worse because in those three days, I got used to having my girlfriend beside me then. And I just feel like after that was, after that luxury was taken, I just completely failed to sleep. I still feel like that now. Unfortunately, that girl cheated. So it's like, so some people are like, why do you care? She cheated. You should, you shouldn't miss her beside you. And it's like, well, Though she cheated, I loved her. So I just miss her beside me. I wish she hadn't cheated. I wish she was still with me to this day and that we were still sleeping beside each other each night, right? Like, I really, really miss her a lot. 
I love her so much. Even to this day, I think I still would say I love you if I saw her. But I don't think I would say it to her face. I think I would just think it or mutter it. I definitely wouldn't say it to her in front of her, like, brat of a boyfriend. Like, I've, I know her, I've met her current boyfriend, and he's, like, like, I ran into him in, like, so basically, like, he just randomly texted me, like, out of nowhere, just, like, threatening to, like, get me arrested if I talked to Kate or whatever. It was either that or, like, he was in the background, and, like, my ex was acting all high and mighty. She's like, oh, uh, he'll get you arrested if you talk to me. And I'm like, okay, so you think that you're some high and mighty girl just because your boyfriend is a cop. He wasn't even a cop. It was literally his his dad was a cop because they were in college. They're college students, okay? It's like I remember this dude acted like the biggest bitch. This dude acted like he was superior. He acted like top dog just because his daddy was a cop and my daddy will come and arrest you. And I'm like, whatever, whatever, kid. And like, even though he was, even though we were like practically adults, I was just like, I just couldn't help but look at him as a child because he was acting like one. He was acting like one of those entitled brats who'd seen an entitled parent story on Reddit, for God's sake. The only thing missing from this story is an entitled parent. We had the entitled brat. We're just missing the entitled parent. I wouldn't be surprised if he had an entitled dad, to be honest. My girlfriend started to become an entitled bitch out of it. If they have kids, she'll become an EM. She'll become an entitled mom, I'm pretty sure. She'll become a Karen, no doubt. Um, Anyway, let's move on to the next one. End up here is a pop song about a girl. That's really all I have to say. I don't really care for it. I'm not really going to go into some big review with a whole story about what it means to me or how I connect with it or what I was thinking like I did with some of these other songs. This one's just a pop song. I don't really know what to say, so I'm just kind of rambling now because what is this i mean the chorus is like how did we end up here and my only real thought was i can relate to that lyric because he says in the end of the chorus how did we end up here i'm like my thoughts during the pandemic i remember when we went into lockdown i was like how the fuck did we end up here we went from We went from a decent economy with some high-paying jobs, good grocery stores, uh, a shitty education system, but at least one that was open to the public for students to attend without a computer. So it's just like, how the fuck did we get to? You need a mask to enter a grocery store. Get on Zoom to do your classes. You won't graduate in person, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll some seniors will miss out on prom and, you know, getting to graduate in front of their friends and family. It might emotionally scar them or hurt them, but who cares, right? It's more important that everything that I, that everything shut down and everyone's life sucks. <laughs> I mean, I get that, you know, it was a health hazard, but I feel like there was more we could have done. We didn't have to lock down everything. Why not have masks at graduations? But no, instead, we're going to ruin the lives of every young person here. <laughs> like, I feel like kids were definitely affected the most during the pandemic. I know I was. It was my junior year of high school. Missed out on my junior prom because of the pandemic. I feel like we could have just attended with masks. I mean, people were already going out to other events in masks. Yeah, the government said they shouldn't, but they still were. And I just feel like there's more that could have been done. School, we could have just worn masks in school. Yeah, some people would have gotten COVID. Like, oh, God, I know this is going to be a controversial point, but I'm like, yeah, some people would have gotten COVID, but they'll get COVID no matter what. The immune system's not immune to anything. You know, they call it your immune system where you're supposed to build up immunities. 
You don't build up an immunity to shit. <laughs> if you were immune to a disease, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> we wouldn't be getting the flu if we could build up an immunity to it. If you could build up an immunity to COVID, you wouldn't catch it. Like, oh, it only immunes you temporarily. <laughs> but the point of immunity is that you don't get it. Immunity is not you temporarily don't get it. It's supposed to mean you don't get it, period. <laughs> you should call it something else. Like, body medicine. I don't fucking know. It is not immunity. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I am yelling, but I hated how the pandemic was handled. I'll take a deep breath. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's move on. I really loved this next song called Long Way Home. It's a song singing about memories, just memories in your life when you're younger, you know, like the song sings about taking the long way home in the car and, you know, playing loud music on guitars with your friends and just having a good time. And honestly, I can vibe to that. You know, I remember being in middle school or in high school where you would just hang out with your friends and just joke around and drink a bunch of soda and caffeinated drinks and eat a bunch of snacks that really aren't good for you and are going to fill you up with sugar and are going to bounce off the walls, but who gives a fuck anyway because you're eight years old? You know, I, I remember all that. I kind of miss those days. I remember, ju I just miss simply being a child. I'm 18 now, and I feel like just being an adult just kind of sucks. When you become an adult, life sucks. Can everyone just agree to that? That, like, when you become an adult, life sucks? Because it really does. I mean, sure, when you're 18, some people say, oh, 18-year-olds have it easy. They could just sit, they get to sit back and live in their parents' houses rent-free while they play video games. Yeah, maybe for lazy people. But what about people that want to actually go out of the house and have fun with their friends with kids? Because some people, like, I've noticed for me, a lot of my friends are busy, like, especially this time of year, getting ready for college and, like, heading towards their dorms and saying goodbye to their families while... The rest of people, the rest of the people just stay in their hometowns and like, you know, don't have any friends to hang out with because all their friends from their town like decided to go to college in, you know, separate areas. Like I know my best friend, I literally was at his house just on Tuesday and I was saying and we were hanging out for one last time before he left for college in Nashville because we live in um, Illinois and he left for Nashville, Tennessee. Like I swear. Turning 18 sucks. Those who decide to go to college move far from home and say goodbye to their friends. Those who don't go to college are just sad, lonely saps because they stay in their hometown with their parents until they have the money to move out and probably don't have much to do. I mean, that's my life. So, like, life sucks even at 18. 18 is not an easy age. I mean, I guess it's easy physically i mean i guess you've got good bones you're young yeah you still have the support of your parents somewhat so i guess living conditions are all right unless you live in an abusive family so i don't want to say all living conditions are all right but you know at 18 mostly your living conditions are all right but um and like you're physically healthy but emotionally not so healthy like I'm starting to enter a whole new wave of depression. I kind of recovered from depression for a while and I'm starting to hit a new wave now that my friends are going off to college and I don't get to see them in person anymore. So I'd say I'm emotionally suffering. You know, 18's not a easy time. That's one of the reasons I decided to start a music podcast is I just needed to decompress from all the hardships I'm facing right now. Like actually today, so... I am disabled, so I do, like, I, I can stay in school till I'm, like, 22 or so. It's, like, extended high school. It's not high school anymore because you're taking, like, life skills classes and you're not taking any more curriculum classes, like, anything curriculum-wise. It's, it's uncategorized. It's nothing. You know, you're just kind of learning how to cook and other basic life skills, which is what I'm doing, and you're there for not as long. So, point is... um 
a lot of I've had to say goodbye to a lot of people myself. Like I've talked about this guy on the podcast before. I think it was like in the last review actually. I have a buddy Ken who was an assistant because um, I actually started the program, the extended high school program, like last semester, and my buddy Ken was an assistant in the classroom there. And he decided to take a job that pays more in another school, even another another district even. And I seriously – it literally was the first day without him. And I walked in those doors and already miss him. I literally described this to my one friend at Transition that I do have. I walked and I said to him, I said, it feels like the second I walked in those doors – a part of me died. Like, there's just a part of my heart that died. Because I always associated transition with talking about music with Ken and eating snacks with him. And, like, now he's gone. Now I have to go to candy. I have to go for candy bars without him. Because that's actually a thing. We used to actually go to the vending machine together and just get a candy bar. And now going to the vending machine doesn't even feel like the vending machine anymore. Like, it's still physically the vending machine, but doesn't feel like the vending machine that I knew. I feel like it's a completely different vending machine. It's not even the same one that I remember. It is physically. Emotionally, it's not the same vending machine at all. In fact, emotionally, it just does not feel like the same building at all. <laughs> and, you know, I... I'm just kind of depressed, I guess, realizing and co coming to the realizing that he's gone and coming to the realization that things in my life are changing because I don't like change and it's hard for me to accept. Another thing is I have what's called orientation and mobility where you learn where like because I'm, I'm disabled, I take a course learning how to just navigate the world. And I used to have an O&M instructor that I had for, let's see, I had an O&M instructor named Mark who I had, who I've had for about. See, I had him in, like, fourth grade. I've had him for O&M for at least a decade, I'd say, because I think I started having him when I was, like, nine or ten, but I'm going to be 19 this year. So I would say I had him for ten years. And now that I've gone to this transition program, I have a completely different instructor, and that just doesn't feel right doesn't feel it, it feels out of place like it shouldn't be happening it feels like another part of me died um because mark was a fun one i'm instructor we would actually go and do stuff like go get mcdonald's in his o&m van because he had a permit to drive students around in because we would do our lessons in the community so we would drive around and sometimes he would just go for we would go for a treat and stop at like mcdonald's or like there were times that we just kind of would just walk around and talk, and I feel like I don't get that anymore, and it's very hard to accept. He's still in the district because it's actually part of SACID. Um, SACID is a vision program in DuPage that um, helps with special needs students. They help with all kinds of disabilities, but um, I attend SACID. The way it works is Sassad rents buildings from other schools. So when I was in elementary school, they rented a classroom from an elementary school. They rented a middle school, high school. But after high school, since you're not in high school anymore, but you can still stay in school until you're 22, they have their own building now. They have, like, the Sassad administration where I go. And I just feel like even though Mr. Rents isn't O&M in Sassad and could hypothetically still show up to that building and be my O&M, the board, like the SACID board, just decided to assign me someone else. And that's just kind of depressing. And I find it hard to accept. But anyway, let's move on. Heartbreak Girl is a quite plain and simple song about being stuck in the friend zone. And oh man, do I understand this one? <laughs> okay. There, I could probably tell you several instances in which I've been put in the friend zone. Several stories. And even some stories about how I'm in the friend zone right now because of a few reasons. A. I don't express my feelings. B. 
be. Because they have a boyfriend and I'm not a douchebag who is going to express my feelings for a taken woman. So my situation is definitely complicated. Uh, And thirdly, I have my eyes on a girl who I believe is single, but I don't think would give a fuck. So, like, I'm just kind of letting keeping my feelings to myself. Probably not a healthy thing, but I'd rather tear myself down and ruin my and ruin my emotions than ruin my friendships. So <laughs> let's stick to keeping them in. Anyway, so let's just get back to where we were with Heartbreak Girl. So this song's about being stuck in the friend zone. And how this guy wants to tell the girl how he feels because he feels like the guy isn't right for her and he treats her badly, which that I could definitely relate to the most because I actually um, dated a girl named Emma once. I think I've talked about her on the podcast before. She was quite abusive, like I had mentioned, but however, it doesn't mean that your feelings for them fade away sometimes because like, I still cared for her and her well-being and the person she ended up with after me was just awful he was this guy who actually like for one he owned weapons underage which is extremely dangerous and i just wonder where the fuck are the parents in all this and if he does have parents why are they supplying him with weapons at the age of like i think he was like 15 or 16 and this was in like ohio and i'm pretty sure this was illegal in ohio Um, and then there was, like, he also would, like, attempt to rape her. Um, he would also put his hands on her and hit her. It was just, and she would call me crying every night, almost, tell me about how awful he is. And I would just be like, just leave him. You don't deserve this. And I don't want to find out that you were raped because that would tear me down and make me cry. That'd be extremely depressing. And I don't like to hear about him hitting you just leave and she's just like you're jealous of him because you're my ex-boyfriend and he's just much better than you and i'm like no he's far worse than i am and he's like and she and and she's like that's just your ego talking i'm like no it's not he's abusing you if i just didn't like him because he was your boyfriend that'd be one thing it's another thing when he's when he's abusive all right that is not my ego um, and even this guy, like, even, like, literally messaged me on Facebook and threatened to show up at my house and shoot me. And I was like, really? Would you like to, uh, say that again? And he's like, and the reason I said that is because he screwed up. So earlier in that same, um, like, in that earlier conversation, he had told me he was at Emma's house that day. I think this was over a call. He had told me this, but it was still the same day. And I ended up being right. I was like, I know where you're, I know your location is. I know your location, moron. I would be careful about what you say. And I actually did dispatch police to the house that day. And from what I heard, the family wasn't too happy. My ex-girlfriend's family. Not at me, but at him. Because he was already, he already had a warrant because he actually got arrested shortly afterward, like a few days later. <laughs> and I think it was my tidbit to Ohio police that he had like an underage firearm and was threatening to use it against somebody that the cops were just like, all right, that's reason enough to arrest him now. Now we're getting reports from people. So if he's listening to this from jail, fuck you, buddy. Um... Anyway, let's move on. Mrs. American is just a little pop rock song about a guy who met a girl who moved to his hometown of New York. She drives a little minivan and they fall in love with each other with this instant connection. And it's just a fun song. I really like it. It's passionate. Uh, It's got a fun, catchy chorus, a good beat. The vocals are good. Nothing to complain about it and nothing to complain about. And I actually really enjoy it. This is definitely one of those 
songs that you would play in your car with your windows rolled down, driving down the street, playing it at full volume, annoying all the other drivers around you, or something you would play at a party and annoy all of your neighbors till the cops get called on you for your music being too loud. And I would definitely be that guy. I would definitely be that guy who gets the cops called on him. You know, I'm actually thinking about getting a sound system for my birthday that um, has speakers and a CD player, and I'm probably going to get the cops called on me at least once or twice before I learn a lesson because I'm that guy that likes to play his music loud. Not because I'm inconsiderate, but because I'm probably just unaware of how loud it is. (laughs) Anyways, let's move on to the next song. Amnesia is a lovely acoustic ballad that... Hold on. Oh, I need to clear up there. <sighs> okay. Amnesia is a lovely acoustic ballad that is about a couple that broke up because the girl moved away and moved on to another guy after moving away. And the guy is still hurting from it and kind of suffering emotionally. He still kind of holds on to the pictures of her in his phone and looks at him when he feels alone and kind of wishes he had amnesia so that he could just forget her entirely and not feel this way. And bro, same. I honestly, I feel you, okay? I actually cried listening to this song, fun fact, because it made me kind of reflect on my own life and my own relationships. I kind of feel that way about... Um, my ex-girlfriend, Kate, that, um, went off to college and cheated, you know, she moved on to somebody after going to college and, you know, I would sit and cry and look at my photos of her that she sent me when we were together and I would just kind of be like, what could have been, you know, if we hadn't broken up, if I had, you know, gone to the same college as her things would have been all right. Because actually, I was gonna... I had already applied to go to the same college as her because I was gonna go to college the following year and we were gonna go to university together. It's just the fact that she started dating someone new that I just did not want to go to that college and didn't want to see her. But I feel like if we had just held on, I probably would be at university right now. To the, Like, right... To probably I would probably be recording this from my dorm, probably. And I probably would be very happy. But... Unfortunately, things don't work out that way, and now I wish I had amnesia. Thanks, song. Um, I kind of was crying half from listening to the song and half from thinking about her, and I know that she wouldn't have been good for good for me because she cheated, and if she hadn't cheated at college, she probably would have cheated some other time in our relationship, and it probably would have ended the same anyway, but still, you you can only... Sometimes we like to imagine that things had turned out differently than they had. I guess I like to imagine that things with Caitlin had gone okay. So I really enjoy this song. I think this was a good album closer for the standard edition. Um, But we have four more tracks to get through on the deluxe edition. But as far as album closers, the standard edition ended amazingly with this little acoustic song and i think it just sets the mood because this has been an album of love songs and i think after like a whole album about like different girls that you love and the different types of girls out there and how you can love them differently with their different personalities and you know like i think that the just a song about like missing all those women or that or like a woman in particular is just a good way to close it send a good send off a good change of mood change of pace it probably would have worked well in the middle of the album as well i feel like we could have used a song like this in the middle of the album but i think after the mood that we've had this whole album songs about like friend zoning and wishing we were with certain girls or just songs about how amazing a girl is i think that just a change of pace is good, no matter where it's placed, but I think it just especially works well either at the end or in the middle, and it wasn't in the middle, so it works well here at the end. 
And my reasoning for thinking it works well at the end, I've already explained. You know, it's just good change of pace and good edit off. I feel like if we had ended it off on just another love song, it would have felt like a boring, lukewarm album. So I think it's cool that you get to you get through all these songs, and then once you get through all these other love songs, you get to end it by kicking back, relaxing, and listening to some nice acoustic guitar while you sing about amnesia. So yeah, that, that that's great. But we'll do a quick little interlude here, and then we're going to get on to the bonus tracks. And then I'll do my conclusion. All right, now we're into the bonus tracks. So Social Casualty is a song about rebelling against social casualties. So like the expectations of like parents, school, etc., and, you know, what they expect of you in society. And I can definitely say society and expectations can be kind of tough, especially the expectations of some people being different. You know, some people have different expectations than others. I know some schools and some parents expect their kids to grow up to be super successful. So like doctors and lawyers and stuff. And then you have like the less strict parents like mine who just want you to do what you want to do as long as it makes money. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like it's a tough environment, our society, because everyone's life is different and not everyone's going to have the same outcome as you. So I always try to remember that not what works for me is going to work for them and I need to help them, you know, come up with a way to overcome their challenges if I want to help them because how I overcome my challenges isn't going to help them because their challenges may be different or they might have the same challenges, but their scenario and their circumstances are different. So I definitely understand that society has – is everyone in society is different. There's these different expectations and sometimes those expectations suck, but the best we can do is help the people around us grow to be better people. And I wish there were more people in this world like that. There unfortunately are not. Um, even my friend Ken said it best. He said that, you know, you never know how much hurt someone's, how much hurt someone's carrying. So making fun of them could be the one thing that tears them down. So don't make fun of them which is why I only make fun of people in a fun, joking way, and I never try to make fun of a way, make fun of them in a way that is going to hurt them and tear them down. And if I do hurt them, I always apologize because I don't want to hurt others. And, you know, we don't need so much violence and pain in the world inflicted by bullying. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those people that says, don't tease Okay, don't tease him, okay, because it's bad. But I'm just saying, like, don't bully people for the sake of bullying people, you know? If you want to, like, tease your friends and they're okay with it and they go, yeah, I love being teased, I love being playfully bullied, go for it. Knock yourself out. I do it with my friends. But if it's someone you don't know and you don't know how they're going to react, don't do it. And if you make a new friend, make sure that they're cool with it. If they ask you to stop right away, stop. Hurting somebody is the worst thing we can do in this world, either with wor- with our words or with violence. So I just want to remind everybody of that. And don't always try to be a social casualty either. I mean, yes, meet the expectations of the world in a way where, like, you should meet some expectations. I mean, don't go outside without showering. It's gross. Like... Follow some social norms, please. Brush your teeth. But I mean, like, you don't have to be a doctor or a lawyer like everybody else wants to be. You know, you don't gotta be what the world wants you to be. Be what you wanna be, right? Be successful in your own right. And that's the whole point of this segment on the podcast. So let's move on to the next song. Never Be is a nice, positive pop song about remaining optimistic and telling you that everything's going to be all right. You know, I know I definitely needed to hear that today after what I've been through with, you know, my best friend going to work in another district and my O&M instructor changing. So I definitely know I needed to hear this and I was quite thankful to hear it. 
great song, great beat, great vocals, great lyrics. Thoroughly enjoyed. Stop loving me to death has got to be my new favorite phrase, and I just heard it in this song. So it's called Voodoo Doll, and it's about being in abusive relationships, it sounds like, at least from how I heard it. Because, like, in one of the verses, it's like, I don't even see my friends no more because I'm always stuck hanging out with you. And totally reminds me of when I was in my abusive relationship where I wasn't allowed to go anywhere and always had to be with her. I honestly should have said, stop loving me to death. But, you know, I never heard that song yet. So, you know, because this, this is one of the five seconds of summer songs I hadn't heard yet. And... Man, stop loving me to death is the perfect phrase. If I ever end up in another abusive relationship and I'm trying to get out of it, which I hope I'm not, I will say, stop loving me to death. Definitely a great phrase. And this is definitely a wonderful song. I loved it. I personally connected with it because I've said this numerous times in several episodes of this podcast at this point. I was in a abusive relationship and I need to stop saying it because you guys get the point. (sighs) Finally, we made it. The final track, Green Light. And it's basically a cheesy pop rock song with a side of cringe. Um, At the end of the chorus, he says, give me the green light. Something along the lines of, come on, baby, give me the green light. And it's basically a song about this guy telling a girl he wants her to give him the green light to make a move on her. And it gets really cringy when he says, you're a perfect mix of Megan Fox and Katy Perry. I'm not sure what he said word for word. I'm paraphrasing because it was I was barely listening because it was so cringe. I especially tuned my ears out after that. Um, I mean, it... it comparing a girl to like celebrities definitely it's again it sounds like something i would have done in high school just like super weird super cringe i wouldn't say as off-putting as the song 18 definitely not as off-putting and just like just kind of okay good i guess i mean when i read the lyrics i'm just like you're into this girl okay good for you I don't really care anymore. I've already listened to 15 love songs. I think I've, I think I've had enough now. I've had my love song fixed for the day. Thanks. <laughs> and that might be why I wasn't listening. This album also feels kind of bloated. The deluxe edition anyway. Like, I feel like they're good songs on their own. But when you sit here and listen to the album as a whole all at once, which I probably shouldn't have done. It felt super bloated. A lot of the songs felt like repeated topics at one point just because they were all kind of like songs about girls. And if they weren't about that, it was about like just positive optimism. Like it definitely just felt eh, off. There was only one song that kind of was different and it was that one about like uh, like wanting to take back words or whatever. Like wishing you could change something that you said or did but like that was a while ago that was like the seventh song out of 16 that was like i still had like another half to get through and it wasn't even until the bonus tracks that i got something a little different which was that song about social norms and then we just hopped right back into the love songs it felt so bloated i will definitely listen to some of these songs again but i don't think i'll ever listen to them in this capacity again where i listen to them next to each other um, but this, anyway, was a good song um, for the most part, except for the weird, like, high school vibes again. Um, it was, I want to say good, it was, but I guess it was more okay. It's a very near good. It's an okay song, but I'm going to say it's good. Very close to good. I'm I'm trying to decide good or okay I'm going to go on the safe side and just say it's okay. It's a meat and potatoes pop song. It's all right. Let's just get on to my closing statements because I actually have quite a few this time. 
Okay, can we just talk about 18 one more time real quick before we get into my closing thoughts? Because there was a few things I didn't get to say in my review because I didn't want my review to run on for too long for that song. So I just made it like as short and sweet as I could. And then I would just talk about the rest later and now is later. So let's just get this out of the way. First, he says, I wish I was 18 so I could do all the things that you see in a magazine. Um, what does that mean? Do you mean like porn magazines? If so, this sounds like something that a middle schooler would have written. Like, it sounds like a fifth grader after he discovers his old brother's Playboy magazines in the basement. It's so cringe. So cheesy. What the hell? What the hell, man? <laughs> I mean, I know this is pop music and Five Seconds of Summer kind of writes cheesy, watered-down pop music, but it's usually at least fun to listen to. Here it's just weird. In the second verse... He sings about how he thinks this girl wants to be with him, but she has a job in the city and is just busy. And she's also a few years older than him. And he also, like I mentioned in my review, sings about how his mom still drives him to school, implying that he's a high school student or maybe even younger and he wishes he was 18. Dude, no! 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 Her job in the city is not what's relevant, okay? What's relevant is she is probably a college student, you're probably some weird middle school preteen, and she's just not into that because she'll probably get arrested, bruh. Probably for grooming a child. Jeez, man. I I don't know if these lyrics are intentionally creepy and weird or, like, disturbing. And I get it would be more disturbing if it was written by the girl and her wanting to be with him, but still, this could be just as equally as disturbing, in my opinion, you know, that they would think to put this in a song. And I get it's probably just the singers, like, messing around, like the people in Five Seconds of Summer. But why would you put this out when you market yourself as a serious band? Like, they promote themselves as a pop band. If you wanted to put this out as, like, a joke album and a side project, I could see it. But when you put this out, aside from other songs that are kind of serious, like songs about missing somebody that do have some real emotion to them, and then just putting out this, like, ew, don't put these on the same album. Make it a B-side. Ugh. It's just weird. And I know I'm being too serious about this, but I'm going to tackle this if this was an actual middle school student, because why the fuck not, right? Because it'd be funny. So, and it's because it's entertaining. So, no, she just doesn't want to be with you, not because of her job, but because you're a child, and she is an adult, and that is weird, and she knows for a fact it's weird. You just don't understand it because you're too young to understand that that's fucking weird, dude, and she'd probably go to jail anyway. I, you know what's weird is there are actual kids that think like this. And that's why I say this sounds like it was written by some fifth grader in his planner. Like, you know, in middle school, I don't know if your middle school had this, but like those middle schools had those little planners that you had and you would like write stuff and you would write down like your agenda for the school day or whatever. And I think the teacher would like sign the planner so you could go use the bathroom. Like, it sounds like it was the age of like, it sounds like it was written by somebody like around that period in their life. Just by how cringy the lyrics are. I mean, may I remind you of she's got a tattoo in places I'd like to get to. Like, she has a... Oh, my God. That's the cringiest lyric here that really made me want to tackle this, and I just could not get over it because it was so weird. I... Oh, my God. And I get it. There's, there are songs for shock value, which is definitely a thing, and I think this song fits in it. I just think it doesn't fit along other songs. And trust me, this is not the weirdest or most disturbing song I've heard. I've heard a song by Winger um, where they sing about a grown man being in love with a 16-year-old. So I definitely have heard worse songs. But this still, like, this still, I think, is at the top of my... This is still on the list for me of weird, creepy, uncomfortable songs that you will listen to once and probably never again. 
So, yeah. I mean, I could see someone liking this if they're in middle school. I'm guessing this was written for a middle school audience, but for my 18-year-old grown-up brain, this is just weird. But let me actually give you my thoughts on the actual album now. So my top three favorites would have to be Good Girls, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, and Long Way Home. Um, and my least favorite, obviously, being, I'm sure you can already guess it, 18 for how weird, cringy, uncomfortable, disturbing, insert adjective here, is. Um, and I think that this is a good album. The positives definitely outweigh the negatives. I think that though 18's a bad song, all the other songs are either good or okay, but the okay songs are nearing good songs. And so I think the positives outweigh the negatives, and it's a good album. Even if I could pick a fourth favorite, I would have to go with that acoustic song on the end of the album, um, Amnesia. So it's a good album. I'm going to give it a four out of five. I want to give it a four and a half. But 18 is just too weird. Uh, but that is my review of the debut album from 2014 of Five Seconds of Summer. Whew, this has been a long one. Um, I'm kind of glad it's over. But I will miss you guys and talking about this album and talking to you guys. But it's not my last time talking to you. Just for now. So see you guys in the next episode of the Corruption of Colton podcast.